that I tell people all the time that grown has an N on it. Grown is a number. We're not ever grown. We're always supposed to be growing because anything that's not growing is dead. So when people come with that, I'm grown. I'm like, oh no, baby, grown got an end on it. And if you're not growing, then you're dead. Anything that isn't growing is dead. And so I really try to give people that marker because it is based on experiences. Hey, 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 it's Red Summer. And it is Hanifa Walida. And we are your gay aunties. Hey, babies. Coming at you. <laughs> we are so, so, so excited to be here um, on a new episode of Your Gay Aunties. For those of you all who are just joining us, we just want to let you know that Your Gay Aunties is a weekly podcast that is centered around queer adulting. So if you want Auntie Red and Auntie Hanifa to answer any questions that you have about life, love, or any other life experiences that you may have, you can just send us an email at yourgayaunties at gmail.com or you can DM us at Instagram or Twitter at yourgayaunties. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know, I know, you know, um, I almost want to you know, just not catch up. But first of all, you know, thank you for being patient with me. I'm still a little sick. Um, but I'm plowing through because guess what? I'm here for you. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, well, okay. You know, maybe we'll wait for when when our guests come in, but I do want to kiki about the whole um Lena Wave thing. Just <gasps> just the kiki. Just the kiki. Yeah. Okay, so, so maybe <laughs> Maybe, well, then maybe we, we should bring our guests in. Yes, we should go ahead and bring <laughs> our guests in today. Because if you already hear that infectious laugh in the background, then you know that laugh is attached to the one and only Miss <laughs> Angie Harvey. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it down. I'm like, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> no, we are so excited to oh, have I'm you excited. here. And I will just kind of start by why I wanted. Um, Angie to be one of our guests on the show. Mm -hmm. So um, Hanif and I spent a lot of time traveling around to prides and festivals and music festivals mm -hmm. and women's festivals and all kinds of things throughout life. And one of them, um, I got to meet this wonderful, wonderful woman here. I was um, just kind of waiting for my workshop to start. And I was like, oh, well, let me go and see what's going on in the room across the hall. And Angie Harvey had a workshop going on, talking about love and relationships. And I almost missed my workshop in her workshop. <laughs> <laughs> and so like for years, Whenever I would, we were in the same city, I would make sure that our workshops were not at the same time so that I could go in and see hers. And over the years, she would include me in the workshops because she knew I knew the whole thing from beginning to end. <laughs> I was definitely a return guest and we just became very, very good friends. Um, I will even admit that... Um, Angie, because she does such amazing work on relationships, she was my breakup counselor. Wow. <laughs> that is such an honor. Okay. Yes. So yes. if I was um, in a relationship that was not like heading towards not working, they already knew it was time to call Angie and we would like, she was our transition coach, right? <laughs> Help us figure yeah. out like what was going on, what needed to be done. Like, how do we, we 
fix things so we can move forward. And I know I have like boasted of a lot of times that I have like these amazing breakups, but part of it is because of the work that I do and have done with Sister Angie Harvey. So welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. What an intro. Yeah. Woohoo! You want right, to so anytime you've been, somebody sees me from now on, you've been doing this on work right. for a minute then. Okay, but look, now anytime somebody says, well, I want to introduce you to Angie Hardy, we're like, oh, we're breaking up? Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. She can help well, you, you stay bring, together. Bring too. in Angie Hardy. <laughs> there you go. She definitely can help you stay together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for sure. You know, we'll save the key key for the letter because so we can focus on you, Angie. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So tell us a little bit about your work and what you've been doing lately. Lately. Okay. (laughs) What have you done for me lately? The millennials don't know about that stuff, you know. Um, they kind of know. Who knows? Right. Oh, know. they, they, you're right. They probably could. They probably could. If they got if they got a real gay auntie, they probably you know could. Saying. Right. Okay. Um, so I started this work back in 2002 at DC's Black Pride. Uh, I can remember submitting a proposal and having a proposal accepted. And, and I thought, oh, this is great. But it was my first time ever, ever publicly speaking. First workshop ever. Um and was I nervous? I was nervous. I was very nervous. But the, the the room literally flowed outside the door. And I said, well, what is all the commotion going on outside? And they were like, they're trying to get in here. And I'm like, in here? <laughs> with me? Do they not know that I don't know what I'm doing? And I did What's Love Got to Do With It mm-hmm. um, in 2002. And literally, we talked about all the things that people don't talk about in relationships. And my workshops then thereafter were about all of those things. So you came up with, that's not love, that's stupid. And can we do it standing up first? And the key to the perfect <laughs> orgasm. And you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can we do it standing up first? Right. <laughs> look, look, you just break that down. Give right. me a synopsis on that Because one. If, you can't, if you can't make love to this, you can't make love to this. So can, mind. We, can, okay. we, can we do it standing up first? Then gives you the opportunity then to get mental before you get physical. And most people usually have it the other way around. And so I yeah. initially geared it towards uh, the, the, the children, uh, but mm. it was absolutely necessary for us because we saw what we liked first, the way before we heard what we liked. And I was giving people the opportunity to think about what would happen if you could, if you, if literally somebody could, you could orgasm, you could mentally orgasm standing up and what that would look like. And most people can't, you know, yeah, they don't. But kind of go that that sapiosexual. Exactly, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I always gave and still do give my my workshops and things spicy titles because then people show up. So the key to the perfect orgasm. I remember going on a cruise with Ebony Pyramid Cruise. Um, I think they had like two hundred and thirty something people on the cruise. Every single one of them on a cruise ship where you can do a million other things came to that workshop all thinking it was about sex, but it was about communication. Because the key to the perfect orgasm is me being able to tell you how this is supposed to flow. So just like you order up, (laughs) how you order up your Starbucks, I need you to be able to order up something else. And people were clearly uncomfortable. They couldn't have phone sex with me. They couldn't have, I mean, they were like, like, oh gosh, I thought, you know, yeah. I sat up in front and act like I was having an (laughs) orgasm. People were just like flipping out. But... We got him there. We grew him up. I tell people whether you come on accident yeah. or whether you come on purpose, I can guarantee you one thing: you're gonna be grown and growing before you leave here. And so, yeah. And Absolutely. I'm still doing that same wow. 
Same word. You know, you know, like getting grown, you know, that's like kind of like the the catchphrase oh, yeah. these days, you know, they call it adulting. I mean, well, whatever, you know, and, and a lot of young people are kind of really wrapped on like, what is it like? Okay. Put it like this. You know, I've seen 21 year olds, you know, kind of snap like, Look at, I'm grown. You know, I got a chuckle. I'm like, okay. Right. Right. <laughs> okay, baby. <laughs> you know, but, 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 but on the flip, you know, you have people mm-hmm. even our age, Oh, absolutely. you know, that I'm like, you really should be grown, but this is not, you're not acting grown at all. At so all. Is the, so being grown is kind of this mystic, mystical, you know, almost um, it's relative to your experience type of thing, but where you may think you've grown, others be like, I don't think so. So what what are, what are some of those markers that just, that generally people could say that, you know what, okay, I think I've, I think I've actually gone over the line where I'm actually in grown territory. Even though, even though, you know, we can't, oh gosh, let me hear it. Okay, you see, that's everything. That is just everything. I am so glad that you asked that question. I need everybody to know that this wasn't even rehearsed. We just flowing like this, that I tell people all the time that grown Mm -hmm. has an end on it. Grown is a number. We're not ever grown. We're always supposed to be growing because anything that's not growing is dead. So when people come with that, I'm grown. Mm. I'm like, oh no, baby, grown got an end on it. And if you're not growing, then you're dead. Anything that isn't growing is dead. And so I really try to give people that marker because it is based on experiences. And guess what? Every day I'm different than I was 25 minutes ago. Definitely different than I was two hours ago. I'd have been to two church services this morning. So literally, if you're the same way that you were yesterday, day before, and people pop their collar when they say that, I've been this way all my life. That's not a compliment. <laughs> but, but that's that's a problem. Uh, so mm. I, I tell people all the time, you we have to not go by the marker of being 25 or 21 or, or 30, or whatever it is. You get a certain amount of square footage in your home, or you get a certain amount of money in the bank, or you get a certain degree. Those none of those things are indicators of you being grown and growing. It everything has to do with your ability to be able to manage your emotions, your ability to be able to speak your truth, your ability to be able to act like a two-year-old, which is the only way you can be authentic. Because only two-year-olds are authentic. <laughs> right. Right. And so you really and truly have to okay. break that down to people. Mm-hmm. So the men, it's funny because every time I tell people what I do, they say, oh, I know somebody need to talk to you. No, if you was really growing and growing, you would say, I need to talk to you. Everybody else want to look at somebody else. And so it's not an indicator mm-hmm. on your age or anything else. It's an indicator on your ability to be able to do those other things and also to know that you're not grown. And that you're constantly supposed to be growing. That means taking information from other people, listening to your gay aunties, all that kind of thing versus you going someplace. Because anytime you you the only, you only listen to yourself, that means you only telling yourself what you want to hear. Always, always, always. The therapist got a therapist. Come on now. Yeah. Say word, say word. And that, that you know, it's, it's interesting, that whole thing of like inner dialogue. You know, we it's really easy for us to kind of cut in that and not let other voices in. And we're kind of, you know, mm-hmm. going um, in whatever uh, circles from whatever point in our life. You know, it's almost like these little micro arrested development episodes we have. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes we're in our 25 <laughs> right. year old headspace. Sometimes we're in our 39 right. year old headspace. Mm-hmm. That was one year right. was really good. And like, you know what? I'm in this good, whatever. But I, I really right. appreciate this whole thing, like really reframing from just sticking with your inner dialogue. And how do how do you let other people oh, in? 
Yeah. Uh, well, I think the biggest piece of that is it's funny if you would talk about earlier we were before we got on, we were talking about the, the trusting that it takes and the things that we're going to do later in the other half. It takes a lot of your ability to trust that that the question is not a stupid question, that not being embarrassed that you don't already know, mm -hmm. not being uh, feeling guilty that you're not able to do this thing on your own. And so all of that shame and guilt and embarrassment, those are three things and fear that keep us from all of the greatness and goodness that is for us already predestined. Mm -hmm. Everything that we got that's amazing is already in us. We just have to grow there to get it. And many people can't even grow. I mean, it literally, if happiness is inside of me, I take it with me everywhere I go. There's no reason why I can't be happy. Somebody gave you the illusion that it had to be pursued, meaning it's outside of you. You got to go get it. It's in the square footage of your home. It's in your partner. It's in your kids. It's in your occupation. And no, it, it, it's not. So it takes you being able to trust yourself. And most of us don't have that trusting of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Two-year-olds have trust in themselves. They go around with their butt out and their head up and they, they want juice. <laughs> uh, mommy, come here. No. We get, to be, we get to be four and five and then our parents take our authenticity and, mm -hmm. and society and church and, and your best friend and then you learn how to be silent. It takes, it takes a whole lot of people like me to be able to break you to that place where you can act like a two-year-old again because those are the people that are truly authentic. So let's um, jump they a little bit. They keep it bit. real. Right. Because I, I wanted to see if this mind state kind of connected to your recent move to Dallas. Mm. Um, <laughs> my recent move to Dallas, um, literally people, people ask me every day, why did you, why Dallas? Why Dallas? And I said, literally, I thought to myself where I had the, the largest, um, uh, what would it be? Fan base people that I knew and I knew that I wasn't able, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to go someplace where I was going to have to be responsible for anything other than myself. Mm. So this was the first time I've ever, after 53 years, I thought to myself, I thought I had been running my own life, but I had not ever. I, I did what my mother wanted me to do until I did what my partner wanted me to do until I did what my kids wanted me to do till I did what my employer wanted me to do till I did what my other partner wanted me to do and then I did what my other partner wanted me to do and then I did what my other partner wanted me to do and I did what my other partner and, and here I was here I was being in a space where I'm teaching people to grow up and thinking I'm being this independent self-sufficient always got my own type of thing but every move every physical move I made was following in behind somebody else. I didn't Ooh, follow so anybody. Good. I didn't follow anybody to Dallas. I came to Dallas on my own. Everything that I put up in this place, I put up on my own. And I've always had my own, but I was always in behind somebody else. And so that's what brought me to Dallas. Yo, sis, uh, just on the, on the personal tip, well, ain't that personal, it's public, but I am over here like high-fiving you yeah. if I could through the screen oh, because that is, that in many ways, is my story. Yeah. All the time that I've moved, yeah. it usually has been, and I've always used the excuse, like, oh, I'm an artist. I can live anywhere. Oh, right. my girlfriend, you know, she has an opportunity here. I can right. roll. I can right. flow. And then I find myself stuck mm. there with nobody. Mm -hmm. But the relationship ends for whatever How reasons. How did you get when there? I, yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be okay. Come on now, come on now, Auntie. Sing, Auntie. And, quiet. And so, you know, <laughs> and so Atlanta was actually the first place where I made a concerted 
you know, I mean, I'm still, I'm still like, you know, trying to figure Atlanta out, you know, mm -hmm. for me, but it's the first place I moved just for me, period. Mm -hmm. Yes. End of story. Yes. Yes. You know, and that in itself is a journey. Yes, absolutely. And it's very, very empowering. So I spent a lot of time alone. I was clear in my head. At first I was, I was, it was the first time, here you go, people. The first time I've ever been alone in my entire 53 years is the first time mm. I've ever not had a distraction. Somebody always got next, you know, put me in boss, but mm -hmm. I, I, did, I didn't allow a distraction. It's the first time in 53 years I've ever knew what lonely was because I had never known lonely before. And so literally, I, you're talking about come up, come up. The blessing was it took me 53 years to feel it, but then I was ill-equipped to manage it because it took me 53 years to feel it. So it's been amazing lessons, but I'm clear. And let me be clear for all the people out there because I need you all to know this. I took one for the team, meaning I was clear that the minute I got to a place of healing, I was coming for my sisters. I know that if, 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 if things like this could take me out, there are people out there that are toe up from the flow up. And I believe thoroughly in my heart that God has made it where all of my information and all of my gifts and talents come by way of on the job training. For some reason, he didn't think it was okay for me to just mm. read a book and get the information. I had to live the heartache. I had to yeah. feel the pain. I had to go through the misery. I had to learn what these things were. It has changed some of my perceptions about um, many, many different things that I was very staunch in. I mean, just something different. And I love, love, love that about the journey. So I don't have any, I, I don't have any animosity at all about what I had to do to get here because I know that I got here for the benefit of me and all the other people that will be helped because of my situation. And so I'm very, very pleased about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sister. Oh, I, I... so yeah, we talk a lot about, um, relationships and not maybe enough about peace and solitude oh yes oh absolutely because guess what i heard be still and be quiet for four mm. months i was in a friend's back room on a blow-up mattress angie harvey that's what mm. i had to reconcile angie harvey sitting in somebody's back room on a blow-up mattress and i thought that I never knew what it was like to have a peel box it, for, for for six months i didn't have an address i never in my life not had an address but I, I was obedient and I sat still and I was quiet. And in that room, if I could tell you the amazing things, y'all mm. can get me crying, the amazing things that happened in that room. And I knew they weren't just happening to me. They were happening for me and for everybody else that I will touch thereafter. And for mm -hmm. that reason, I blew up that mattress every night and I let the air go out every day. And I knew that I was there for a reason and I didn't rush anything. I literally waited Ooh. until it was time to, to physically, emotionally, and mentally move. And hear me when I tell you, I did. I came here the beginning of December. I saw two places. They had enough room for my classroom. I wish you guys could see. I was able to set my classroom uh, back up. And, and I signed the lease. And literally, I, lived, I moved the next week. And it wasn't three people that knew that I had moved. Because guess what? I didn't need to tell nobody. Wasn't nobody paying rent here. I wasn't following them behind nobody. Didn't nobody need to know any of those things. And so mm -hmm. literally me being being happy by myself, knowing what that yeah. feels like. I got, I'm looking now in my bedroom because I lost 50 pounds in these last six months. I can't fit any of the clothes mm -hmm. that I moved here. But guess what? Just like those clothes, this is amazing. I can't, I shouldn't have took those clothes with me, but I did. 
because you hold on to things sometimes that you should let go. So symbolic of my world. Angie, every where you growing, everybody not going to be able to grow with you, boo. It's going to be some friends and some mm-hmm. family and some all of that. And I need everybody out there listening to know that. Just like all of those clothes in there, all those sharp, Gucci, Louis, all those things in there. None of those things can I fit anymore. There are attitudes that we no mm-hmm. longer fit in. There are behaviors that we no longer should be fitting in. There's some things that we have to let go of. And I tell you, honey, being in this space and place absolutely allowed me to do some of those. That shedding is just amazing. And I feel for the first time in my life, I, I cut off my hair. I had locks down to my butt. I cut my hair a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I don't have any hair. And, and hear me when I tell you, I've never felt more sexy in all of my doggone life. Woo! <laughs> I just had a 24-year-old church told me I had swag. I was like, come on now. You know, so I'm... I'm, 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 I'm redefining, I'm redefining happiness. I'm redefining love. I'm redefining what, what letting go means. I'm, and I, and I get to take all of that information on this on the job training. That's what my life is and has been for a long time. I'm taking this stuff from on the job training and I'm helping everybody, everybody that think they might want help in those areas. Hey, you can grow with me. Yo, yo, Angie, you know, it's like, you know, we got you on here on an auntie status, but I think, you know, a lot of what you're saying, I think can really speak to, well, I mean, it can speak to many people depending on where they are in their life. But I, as, as a woman, that's, 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 that's your peer, you know, like I, this is echoing to me in ways that I'm trying to keep it together for the camera, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's like, I think that this is, and, 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 you know, I've talked to like friends, you know, you know, whatever I'm, you know, I'm going through and we all the same age, give or take. And, right. you know, people are, are our age are going through it oh. in a particular way. Oh, yes. You know, I mean, if you're blessed, not too great, but it, and it is, it is and, it, and a lot of it, especially when you start hugging 50, mm. you know, or just over 50, you mm-hmm. think that you should have certain things or you should be experiencing life right. in a particular way. Right. And when you're not, your ego comes into it. You know, you mm-hmm. start beating yourself up. You, you, you know, you maybe you, you're old enough to know, okay, let me try this. Let me try that. Let me try this. Mm-hmm. Let me try that. And sometimes it literally is just stay okay. still yeah. and listen. Mm-hmm. Mm. And listen, like, don't, don't listen to the old voices, the inner voices and all that. Like, listen to something to to the, to the, depending on what your faith is, you know, maybe it's God, maybe it's the ancestors, but the other, there's other voices, there's other Mm -hmm. angels in the room. That's like, okay, we got you, baby. Can you just shut the fuck up? Right. Sit down (laughs) and listen to what we got to say. This Mm -hmm. is what you need to do. Right, right. Right. You know, and forget about what you think you should be right. doing and what you, you know, someone else told you you're supposed to be doing all those old, just old messages that are 50 some odd years yeah. old. You know what I mean? And and this is going back to our original thing. Like oh, what sure. is grown? There right. is no past tense. There, there. It is just because every, every moment you are older. So there are new lessons. Absolutely. To be absolutely. And when you specifically around beating yourself up, because I'm very happy about mm-hmm. people that know they're going through stuff. I'm more concerned about those people that are sitting in spaces and places that don't know they're going through stuff. Because ask me if I knew what I experienced was traumatic. Mm-hmm. So when my therapist talk about PTSD and being traumatized, I'm like, no, no, no. I said it was a little mental and a little emotional. I didn't say nobody hit me. And I'm, like, I'm really and truly not thinking in that way. And I'm a therapist. I treat it. I'm going through a whole nother little something, something to know that I experienced something traumatic, gave myself permission to be able to coddle myself. Baby, come mm-hmm. here. Let me, let me, 
do this for you and we don't do that enough. So I'm more concerned about those people that's sitting and stuff that don't know that I said it's, it's shit and, and it and it smells good to you and it tastes good to you and it look good to you and you call it your boo. You call it your partner. You call it your baby. You call it your job. You call it your church. You call it your parents. You call it your family. But guess what? It's shit. It's, mm, it usually mm, takes somebody outside mm. of that to say, boo, come here. Let me, let me tell you. Come on. Yeah. Come on you, you, you do know that shit, right? And I, right. You don't know that? And I tell all of my friends, the next time, if I'm blessed to have a next time to be connected with another person, you best believe I'm asking everybody, because somebody, someplace along the line, somebody thought Angie, because she was Angie Harvey. I got two entities. Angie Harvey know everything. Angela didn't listen to some of the things Angie was saying. But I need all of my friends, anybody loves and knows me, if you see something, say something. I am not beyond reproach because I absolutely feel like I could have been pulled from a place sooner if somebody had said, you all right? You yeah. okay? I, I ain't talking about just checking on a strong friend. Check on a friend, period. And check me. I don't have a friend, yeah. not one. If you in my phone, I'm checkable. If you can dial that number, you can call me and be like, yeah. Angie, uh-uh, this is some dumb shit. You better, you better come on from there. You got work to do. So my work was put off, like, if I, as far as I'm concerned, probably for a good three years. I didn't do what I was assigned to do. There were people that went without because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. That won't happen again. I've been in this space for a month. I've had three classes already. That's two more than I had in a space for three years. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. wow. You so know, what are you working on? Right now? Everything. I got vision board parties and I did the vision, vision displays. I'm doing the vision display because people, it, so, so much of what they have is so heavy. They need something to be doing with their hands and something for them to be able to take in the information. If I call it just a workshop or just a support group, people kind of shy away from some of that stuff now. It used to be I could call a workshop, put a fancy name on it. So the vision board parties, I did. I started, I said, I was coming to get my, 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 my sisters. I started a, a support group called Regroup which talks about the rejuvenation and the re-resurrection of yourself, of your spirit. And that's for anybody that's been in or is currently in any emotional or, or mental abusive place. Many people don't know that. So just bring on, and it's virtual, meaning you don't have to be sitting here in Dallas. You can be sitting any place and be able to do that. I'm, I'm putting together a curriculum for Let's Talk University, meaning there's going to be support groups. I think tattletales. We don't talk about stuff because we got shame, guilt, fear, and embarrassment. So we don't talk mm -hmm. about the crap we're going through. I've always been transparent. I want to teach people how to be transparent for the benefit of themselves and for other people. Because us keeping in our stories keeps us from growing and keeps anybody else from knowing where we're at. And it keeps somebody else from growing. I learned how to reach out during all of this. Where I mean, mm -hmm. literally, I was going from city to city to get adult babysitters for my black ass. You can't come to me, I come to you. And I can sit there and cry all day long and you listen to me. We don't know how to do that. I learned how to do that. And also knew that there were some people that couldn't come for me because some people can't swim in this emotional pool that I'm in. At first I was mad about it. And then I thought, I'm afraid of bugs. If Red was in a room full of bugs and was screaming to the top of her lungs, I could only go get help. I couldn't help her. There's some people that, mm. there's some people that couldn't come in this space. I was going to trigger them. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to do. And they couldn't swim in this emotional place that I live in. So I didn't see them. Yeah. And some of those people look like family. Some of them look like close friends. I mean, friends that you would have mm -hmm. said with your ride or die, they gone. But I understand now why they couldn't. The other thing was I was left alone for a reason. 
Mm-hmm. I was left alone for a reason. Because I need I needed to know how to handle this. I needed to know how to do it. Because guess what? This person is now about to help 25 other people. And I'm hoping with that regroup that the first couple of people I get in there, I can actually get to a place where they can go out and they can touch 10 people. Because Angie can't reach the hundreds of thousands. But guess what I can do? I can do 10 that could do 10 that could do 10 that could do 10. And I tell people all the time, okay. if you learn it, teach it. You know, I mean that that is such a good. I mean, I mean, it, I mean, you 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 drop in hella gems like right. for real. <laughs> we sitting here with our mouth covered. Yeah, we you know, here like head blown. Yeah, because it's because a lot of what you're saying, and this is the only thing. It's like you think it, but because you don't say it aloud, you know what I mean? It ain't it ain't it ain't real real. You don't want to. And and that thing about every friend cannot be the friend mm-hmm. you need in that moment. Yeah, you know is you know because the people that I need right now aren't mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Right. They, they just aren't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm calling, like I just spoke to my um, oldest and dearest friend um, earlier uh, today and literally hearing mm-hmm. her voice mm-hmm. and knowing what we've been through and what she's able to hold. Oh, yeah. Everything. It was everything. Mm-hmm. It was everything. Whereas, you know, though I'm meeting people or I know right. people or whatever, people have had my back here, but what I need now, I don't, I don't trust them fully to carry that weight. Mm-hmm. And so I get, you get into shame mode. You get into like, I can't tell you shit. I, you know, mm, right. uh, you know what I mean? And yeah. so uh, this is so important, you know, it's like, you know, it, and this is, and oh, these yeah. are lessons you learn either life. It, it may teach you it young, right. but you may not learn it. But, but this is some adult shit mm-hmm. that you, that yeah. you're kicking right here because, you know, we have friends that we maybe know from college or whatever, and they may be longtime friends, but because y'all been through it maybe, or y'all had certain things, but you're realizing and you think, okay, that's who my go-to is, but what you're going through now in life, right. you get hurt right. because that friend right. is not really giving you what you want, but then you don't have the right, maybe shameful right. to really ask for what right. you want. You know what I mean? But right. really it is, they are not the ones right. that's yeah. able to hold that space for you and being able to recognize that and, and look at and find right. a friend that, okay, wait, I got to call a home girl. I got to call homeboy Cause he's the one that's right. going to be able to take all my shit Right. And it also lift me up, right. like, listen, bitch, okay, wipe your ass now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be clear, though, that sometimes it's not even a friend. The, the, two, the two young boys yeah. that moved my furniture from the house, the, the lady at the storage unit where I had to put my whole life in storage had to sit and, and, and literally occupy space for me. The, 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 the person that, that, that took, took my P.O. box, all strangers, even the people that literally showed up at my house, and I, as I still unpack boxes, I cry because I was so out of it. But these these near strangers that I just met three months earlier packed my stuff so lovingly. So as I unpacked these boxes, it wasn't a friend, it wasn't a family member. New people that I allowed myself to be open to was able to take and do something with my spirit that nobody who had known mm. me for 53 years, I'm talking about my mama, my sister, my aunt, my uncles, those people couldn't and didn't. There were people, strangers. And guess what? Here's the key to being growing, not grown, but growing, being open to whoever is coming to deliver the message, who is ever coming to bring the comfort, you being open and grown enough to be able to say, come sit right here. No shame in my game. I, I told that lady my story like she's yeah. my best friend. 
Listen, <laughs> know what I call them? Fly by angels. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Fly by angels, because I've had them. I, I remember I was coming out of an abusive relationship, and I literally was getting out of there by the skin of my teeth. And the brother, who was That's a friend right. of a friend, who helped come, mm-hmm. he, he came, and he, the big brother, all right? Mm-hmm. And he lifted all my shit out of that crazy, toxic house. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once he got everything in, he sat in the car. He looked at me. He's like, you ready? I was like, yeah. He, that nigga went on 100. He zipped from Brooklyn oh, to Harlem, the fastest driver and the safest I've ever felt in my life. And he just held space for me. Mm-hmm. And he got yes. me into He's like, sis, you good? Yes. He's like, I'm good for now. Yes. You know? And it's like, literally... I felt like he was my chariot. I never forgot that brother. Yes. Never mm-hmm. forgot that moment yes. of time he was able to yes. hold space for me, get my shit the fuck mm-hmm. out of there, get me to where I needed right. to go safely. And this is a straight brother. Mm-hmm. Wasn't gay, yeah. wasn't, I was just coming out of an abusive, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, a queer relationship. He yes. wasn't judging me and everything. He's like, sis, you know, son, he was just, he was giving me his, he was giving right. me his knowledge for, for what he knew. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but I exactly. needed that. Yes. I needed yes. that. And you're right. Yes. Fly by yes. angels. Children, yes. listen. Open, I tell open them, everybody, every, everybody could be a therapist. they just therapists I don't have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and they just save me $70. You know, I'm good. <laughs> Come on now. One good old copay. I get to keep. Right. Well, what I want to do now is go ahead and dish out some of this free good, good. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's get into uh, one of these letters. Um, But before we do that, um, as you know, uh, children, we are always here for you. And this is the point of the show where we ask you to be here for us. All right. So you know where to go, baby. If you want to support uh, your aunties, all right. Um, And you can go to patreon.com slash your gay aunties. And guess what? We want to give a shout out. We want to give a shout out to Davin Samuel. Davin, thank you for your auntie love. Um, uh, uh, Davin gave us some uh, beautiful auntie love, okay? And and he that's the first tier. Auntie love is the first tier. You can give what you have when you have it. Um, one-time offering, all right? You can also go up to the next tier, which is the Sunday brunch, what we're doing right now here with Angie Harvey. So if you, for only $10 a month commitment, um, you get us um, the fourth Sunday of every month. We have a wonderful, brilliant guest like our guest today. Day. We not only record the audio, but we also record the video, and you will get that the same day. All right. And get, of course, the podcast three days earlier than everybody else. Right. All right. You get that intimate stuff that you see right. me high five and Angie Harvey right here. You can see the real interaction that's going down right here on screen. So that is um, the uh, the Sunday brunch uh, tier. And then the last tier is you people. All right, the You People Rockumentary that we spoke about um, numerous times on the show. We're going to bring back to you. I think you guys need to be reminded how dope this film is that both me and Red are in, where we have 30-some-odd queer black folks wow. up in a brownstone trying to make it happen, oh, and there was cameras on the wall. Nobody knew what's going on. <laughs> but we had cameras roaming around, and it caught moments in time because everybody felt safe in this brownstone, and it then became a documentary called You People, which has won numerous um, awards. It, people have used this to come out to their family because it's such an insight into wow. blackness and queerness mm-hmm. in a really sweet and intimate way. So for only um, $20, you get that and you get three episodes of Sunday Brunch. And of course, that shout out from Auntie right. Love. Okay, so that is at patreon.com slash your gay aunties. All right, now you know what we're going to do now, right? Get up into these letters. <laughs> yes, well, our first letter is from Lotus. 
Lotus says, hey, aunties, with a little peace sign emoji. That's cute. <laughs> I would like to hear your thoughts on dating. What does it mean? What does it look like? Wait a minute. Wait, you know what? Let's hold up on Lotus. I'm sorry, Lotus. I'm not being, I'm being fucked up. Let's do the next one. Because Lotus has, one. She's, those are one of those questions like, Auntie, tell me about tell the Tell me about the <laughs> Y'all don't have an answer to that? So we're going to come to you, Lotus. Oh. Well, we're going we gonna to come back to you. We're going to come back to you, Lotus, um, next week. I promise, I promise, I promise. We may not have time to answer all your auntie. Can right. you answer the universe for us questions? Okay. <laughs> all right, then I will go to the second one. Our mm. second letter is from Amanda. Here's your letter. Uh, dear Reda Hanifa, I love your podcast and listen to it regularly. I could use some advice. I can't stop thinking about a woman I dated and the negative impact she had on my life. While she and I, uh, we never officially were a couple, we had very, a very intimate relationship. She was such a funny and kind person when she was sober. However, when she was drunk, which she often was, she would say the most hurtful things to me. For example, she would ridicule me about painful experiences that happened in my life that I shared with her. She would make fun of the fact that I am a black woman with a small butt. She would flirt with other women in my face. Ironically, she told me she was used to dating white women with small butts and I was only the second black woman she had ever dated. By the way, she is black. I'm embarrassed to admit that I No, she should be embarrassed. Anyway, next. <laughs> well, I'm embarrassed to admit that I kept forgiving her, even though I knew deep down the drunk version of her was the real version of her. My friends hated her. I finally stopped speaking to her after wasting more than a year, hoping she would treat me better. I am now at a point where I would like to someday find someone to share my life with, but I'm afraid of being treated poorly and I now have insecurities about my body. I don't go places I know that lesbian women hang out and I don't do online dating. I am stuck by my fear. It's hard to get over someone making fun of your body after they have seen you naked several times. I've been to a therapist but I don't feel like she truly understood me. I really wish I had a black gay auntie type therapist, but those are like unicorns. I don't know how to move forward and I'm hoping you all may give me some helpful advice. All right, all right, Amanda. Put me Ooh. in, coach. Put me in. Put me in. Okay, okay. <laughs> put me in. Put me we in. Coach. Got you, Amanda. We got you. We got okay. you. All right, Angie. Okay, tag and Angie. Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Let me first say to Amanda that that her her thank you for 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 verbalizing being able to verbalize via this letter what you feel and because that's the first step being able to acknowledge what's growing on with you to be mm -hmm. able to understand that but let's also be clear that this is some, one of the things that I learned and that is you can't beg someone to treat you better than you're able and willing to treat yourself you allowing yourself to stay in the ring to be hit, but you want to beg me not to hit you when you could just get out the ring. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing that, saying, please, can you, please, can you not, please, can you not? I'm like, okay, Angie, you begging somebody to treat you better than you treating yourself. Mm -hmm. Treating yourself is you taking yourself out of harm's way. 
Yeah. The other thing is our insecurities are kicked in when we halfway believe what somebody says to us again. You have to halfway be. If somebody told me that I was a, a dark skinned woman and I know I'm a light skinned woman, I'm not going to be moved by that because I know what I am. When you know what you are, people can't move you from your center if you stand in your center. But if you stand on an edge where insecurity and jealousy and all those other adverse things are, it's easy for somebody they could and blow you off the edge. If you have a center where you know who you are, and that does take some work with a great therapist. It takes some great work to be in a place where you're in your center. Because guess what? As much as somebody could sway you, it would take them a long time to get you to the edge of something where you could be knocked out. And that's what people are able to do in those spaces and places, you know, between addiction and personality disorders and all these other types of things. It's really easy for somebody to love on us and then hate us because of who we are. But the hate that we feel and the insecurity that we feel with ourselves is only magnified by what they say. It's not generated. It's not generated mm. by what they say. It's magnified by what they say. But you have to have it there first. If you know who you are, anybody come along and say, oh, your butt is small. Because guess what I know? I know mm -hmm. I got the best butt in the family. You better go on about your business. And if you, want me, <laughs> if, you want, if you want me to treat you better, I first have to treat me better. And mm -hmm. I would do that. That's one of the things that God showed me. Because, Red, I was begging people. Because I, I was feeling what I was feeling. Please don't take advantage. I just came from this. Please don't take advantage. I just mm -hmm. came from this. Please don't take advantage. I just came from this. And guess what? Each and every time I'm giving these people my whole story about not taking advantage, when I could have just removed myself, I could have just mm. did what I was supposed mm. to do for me and not beg you to show up for me. Me show up for me. So when I moved here and the fellow was supposed yeah. to come help me put up these pictures on the wall, I got 10 pictures on the wall and they didn't show up. I put the pictures up myself. Well, Angie, <laughs> if you could do that, why was you begging somebody to show up? You show up for yourself. You get you a center. You get you a therapist. You unload that bullshit that tells you who you are not. You stop pressing play on a recording that your mama recorded and your sister recorded and your auntie recorded. And then you got people to re 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 remix that shit. And then you start producing it on yourself. Come on now, people. We got mm. your auntie say, come on to the light. Yeah. Auntie yeah. say, come on to the light. <laughs> come on to the light. Yeah. You don't have to be there. And I mean, just just bouncing off of that one. Yes, you cannot beg somebody to treat you right, and you can't beg somebody to treat you better than they can even treat themselves. So that person Sweet. that that you know that used alcohol mm -hmm. as her own vice to handle whatever her shit was that I always say that was before and beyond mm -hmm. you. It don't got Not shit personal. to do with you. So don't take none of it on. One, mm -hmm. don't take it personally. But another thing that I learned, even with dealing with people who. Um, you know, were abusive or to whatever degree, all right? Because abuse can come in many shapes and forms is what worked for me. Or one of the things that works for me is finding the place to let them go. I almost have to forgive them. I have to find yes. a, 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 some sort of compassionate thread. It's like they have gone through some shit. They on some shit that has yes. nothing to do yes. with me before yes. and beyond me. Yes. So mm -hmm. I wish them well, mm -hmm. like truly, yes. honestly, and sincerely yes wish them well but it's not so much for their benefit as it is for mine if i was to right, be to right. be clear and selfish about it because if i don't truly let someone go um and live their life without me and bless them in that journey for them i'm going to keep them i'm going to keep my backpack backpack mm -hmm. onto the next uh to the next relationship 
and I'm going to unpack it and put them on the counter (laughs) for me to see and always refer to when I'm in the context of being with someone new. So let's not, let's just put a a hold on the the dating or whatever you're doing. You say you're not doing the dating as well. Whatever this mindset I got, you know, how can I trust? You have to, one, forgive that woman and, and her toxicity and know that it has nothing to do with you. All the spit and crap that came out of her mouth towards you is just that. Let it fall to the floor, mop it up out of your house and out of your space. All right. And then, like we talked about earlier, sit still with yourself. Um, do what you need to do to keep because look, the brain is is very it's malleable, it's moldable. All right. If you keep telling yourself, reprogramming your brain, your mind, and your spirit to say, girl, your bitch, your shit is fly, bitch. <laughs> my ass is fly, my titties and somebody fly, gonna love my on smile all is that. fly. You know, remind yourself what to Oh, all of it. Self-love. But you have Self-trust. to love on all of it. You have because when you come into the room, when you come into the room, the new room, or whoever's there waiting, wherever you may bump into them, okay, you gotta come mm-hmm. in somewhat healed from what someone else did from you. Right. You know, because that is what radiates and that's what attracts people to that, to your booty, to your to your titties, to your whatevers. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. it's not you know. Don't think cause you know uh, what is what is this chick was talking about? But the uh, you know you black or right. something, so your ass either. Listen, I don't got no ass either. <laughs> okay, but trust right. me, I had many a hands rub up on his ass and love it to death. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, because it's not about that. It's not about, that's not what they were attracted to. Well, I've seen a few cases, but you know, <laughs> because everybody, every everybody's attracted to what right. they attracted to. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, what keeps right. them in the room, rubbing right. up on the booty right. or whatever else is what they attracted to. Right. You, that right. radiance, that confidence, that damn, who that bitch, mm-hmm. you know, because to ask yourself, ask yourself, whenever you wanted to a room and really was attracted to somebody, was it truly based on features? It was something that was bouncing off and it was like, who the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Okay, then you start maybe do that head to toe shit, you know, and you know, the things you whatever, whatever. Right. But the thing that right. knocks people back is a radiance that precedes you. Okay, so focus on uh, uh, retaining, uh, regaining, reclaiming that mm-hmm. radiance that this drunk big, sorry. That you said that was your outside voice. That was your outside voice. I don't want to. I don't want to judge people that 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 need help in that way. Okay, mm-hmm. but you need to really forgive her and let her go. Let her let her go. Okay, so you can focus on you and re- and reclaim yes. your radiance, yes. baby. So I kind of want to go back to this um, this point of the former partner being an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to that, um, Amanda, because I know that sometimes it's easy for us to overlook the first one. Mm. But years down the line, you will recognize that this has become your pattern. And we want to stop this now. Mm-hmm. Because especially young people, and I, I'm really excited that we're talking about this now because I we have a future guest that's going to kind of speak to this as well. Um, when you're young, when you are especially in the, the LGBT community, a lot of our social gatherings ah. are around alcohol and other drugs, right? Um, I didn't, I never smoked a cigarette until I was 27 at a gay club. 
because everybody was smoking cigarettes, right? And that was just the thing, like, at that time. And it it continues on in these social circles. Um, I want you to pay attention to what is social and what is habitual Mm -hmm. um, in your friends and in your partners. Um, Because this became normalized for you in a way. Therefore, mm. a year, you allow somebody to drink until they were drunk in your presence. Mm. And then you Absolutely. decided to stay in that space and and participate and help fix, you know, whatever, interact in whatever way. And I don't want you to continue to make that choice. Like when 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 the aunties are saying that you got to get out of there, like these people right. need to know that if they get drunk, you are not staying to help them. You cannot stay to help them because that's part of your addiction mm. is being around people who are drunk right. and participating in whatever it is right. that they're doing. You can't afford to do that because at this point, you know that what happens for you next right. is that you open yourself up to abuse. And if you want to break your cycle of abuse, then you need to not be around. (laughs) Like you need to put yourself in a recovery where you are not allowing yourself to be around people who are intoxicated to the point where they are now tapping into some other selves and treating you in a way that they would not have normally treated you. I wish everybody that was listening could see Auntie's face because Auntie is not playing with y'all today. No, at all, because I know that, like, my, the first partner that I brought to Angie, and I was like, oh, sis, right. this, and it wasn't even that. I said, this is not going to work. I brought her to Angie. Angie said, mm-mm, this is going to end real quick. <laughs> this needs to end immediately. Um, because other people can sometimes right. see for you what right. you are too busy managing the chaos to see. And so I'm saying that you are going to have to be Um, Because clearly the other people that were around you were not aware enough of what was happening to get you out of that situation. They let you stay there for a year, right? So you are going to have to be the one from now on who says, oh, this is a red flag. I honor red flags. I will not continue. Red means stop. I love red flags. (laughs) (laughs) Not our red, but the red. (laughs) The red Um, flag. Yeah, and and that's going to be a part of this thing that we're talking about kind of in general of becoming, you know, tapping into self-love, right. of uh, reclaiming your time, like all of that stuff. It That comes from this very real thing of saying right. that, okay, I recognize that I'm in an unsafe space. Right. I recognize that I'm starting to feel this familiar feeling. Honoring I said I'm not doing this again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave now, right? And that has to be a new habit right. that you are replacing staying in abusive space with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, uh, I think one of the most powerful things one can gain in the growing process is the ability to say no. Mm-hmm. No, because especially and I'm going to maybe even zero in more so even right. on women, because that's one right. of the hardest, the hardest words we learn <laughs> for everything. All right. Mm -hmm. But that, no, I think like a lot of this is bounced off what Red is saying, because when you Mm -hmm. see them red flags and you like, uh, uh, because I've had it done to me. 
right. and it seems cold like damn you you ain't gonna give me no chance and right. bitch is like no bitch <laughs> you know no because i'm giving because i'm here to give myself a chance to experience goodness and you're giving me a red flag that i'm good on mm-hmm. you know what i mean so don't worry about her it's a, exactly do not worry about hurting people's feelings mm-hmm. we don't worry about their freaking reaction right. You just be really clear on what you ain't trying to tolerate from one goddamn minute. Mind you, there are things that, you know, we all ain't perfect. So if you want to be in a relationship, you are going to have to be open to being in a relationship. And that's a give and take. But we said this so many times on the show, too. It's like, but there are things you got to know that's on your short list of I think not. I think not. (laughs) Not for one minute, not one second, not one solitary moment. Am I going to put up with this? Here's a great way. Right. Here's a mm-hmm. great way to think about this because it gives you it gives you a warm and fuzzy way of doing it. You're not telling them no. You're telling yourself yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you no. I'm telling me yes. And anybody that has a problem with you putting you first is a part of your problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody that has a problem with you putting you before them and before anything else is a part of your problem. And I, so I think that's a huge piece. The other piece is I think we all need to talk about, and that is there are, I always ask people, especially in breakups or things, discord in relationships, what did you do? Because those are the things that you can be in tune to. And people will say, oh, I didn't do anything. No, you, you at least stayed. You at least took it. You at least stayed present during the abuse. You did something because those are the things that can move you and, 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 and free you from a particular place. And also always know that the... It's your responsibility, again, to take care of you. You can't outsource those things. You can't give somebody, here, please take care of this for me. Those are things that you have to, have to be willing to do yourself. And, and you, you, are, you are responsible for your own well-being first. Mm-hmm. Nobody can do that for you. And I people think- do not, people, people, people want to trust their partners and their relationships to be able to, to do that. And again, you asking somebody to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's important because especially um, as women, like we're taught to be responsible to and responsible for right. everybody else. Right? right. And we're not often taught, even though like nowadays, yeah. like self-care is becoming more of a, a phrase, like nobody's showing you what that right. and nobody can show you what that means to you right, right. <laughs> because if i'm sitting up here in a horrible relationship that's making me feel bad about my body taking a bath with some candles ain't gonna do it and so you have to be very clear about you know and and it feels selfish it it feels like you know, against what a lot of us, you know, were taught to to do and be right, as adults, right? right? Um, when you go out and, you know, when you get grown, right? <laughs> when you reach that whatever level, then you start becoming a caregiver for everybody but yourself. And so you have to figure out, like, right. what, what makes me feel good here? Right. What makes me feel happy here? Right. And if I'm constantly feeling insecure and 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 unhappy right. and abused here right. then i have to love me enough not to right. be here one of the things that i learned in going through this transition and i hear amanda I, i'm positive because most of us come from that space i then had to realize that i was so comfortable sitting in shit because i was raised in some of that shit 
So, but it, so it was familiar to me. I didn't think anything about somebody being unable to acknowledge me because I had people in my family and I was raised by people who couldn't acknowledge me. I didn't have a problem sitting in some place where somebody couldn't uplift me because I learned to live at 10 because I was with, you know, in a, raised in a space where I had to get to 10 on my own. And so just know mm -hmm. that it's so not to beat yourself up because the minute I realized, Angie, this was so comfortable to you because this is the place you came from. This is the place you've been dwelling and didn't even, I had no clue, even in my training, had no clue that those things were that comfortable and familiar to me because that's, I was raised in that space. So we mm -hmm. have to be clear. Not, that's not an excuse. That was knowledge for me to go, okay, then you really and truly getting ready to have to mentally move your damn self. You're going to have to erase some of those tapes, mm -hmm. your damn self. You're going to have to empower yourself. You're going to have to learn those things yourself and not following behind somebody trying to get some of that. Because guess what? Everybody not giving what you need. Mm -hmm. I can create it better than I can go look for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I want to kind of, because we are coming to the end of the show oh, first. Thank you, Amanda. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Amanda, so much for your letter. Yes, um, thank you. Amanda. Yes, thank, thank you so much, Auntie Angie, for oh, being with us today. Angie. Can you tell oh, us my about thank um, you all. how do we get in touch with you? What are some things that people can look out for? Some projects that you have on the horizon that people can participate yes, in, yes, yes. so that they can get some more of this good um, with you. <laughs> Right. You can absolutely reach me through uh, AngieHarveySpeaks.com is my website. Uh, I've recently converted everything. All my social media is under either A Harvey Speaks or Angie Harvey Speaks. So that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also email me at AngelaHarvey324 at gmail.com. Um, I am also, there's a, I, I started to write poetry because red is And I would tell you that I'm not a poet, but that's the way my 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 hurt and my healing came through me. And so literally I just sent an editor 27 poems that I wrote in this process and I'm planning to, to, to dispense my first book. It's gonna be called The Poetic Journey, Growing From Hurt to Healing. Um, and in my head, from hurt to healing to helping. Mm -hmm. Cause for me, that's what, it, that's what the journey was for. It was for me to grow, mm -hmm. for me to grow and get my sisters and to help them grow. And so I'm going to, I'm, that's going to be my first book. I got somebody working on the cover as right. we speak. I got somebody reading through the through the poems, and and that that's going to get done. Regroup is going to happen. Let's talk. University is going to have a curriculum, and anybody that wants to grow is not going to have a, nobody in this whole United States of America, even abroad, can say I don't know anybody. No gay individual, no lesbian can say I don't know a lesbian that can help. We can help you right here. I can help you right here, Ooh, I, and, and I'm open to that. I'm open to that. I get 40 to 50 inboxes a day and I address every single one of those people, whether they're on a curb or on a bridge. If I can help you, it's going to happen. Yeah, because oh there's some God. people y'all know that's calling, that's calling from the curb. Yo, this has, this like, has Andy, been... I'm on the curb. This has been... Um, an incredible uh, show uh, for me personally, mm -hmm. and just doing this with y'all, um, and just talking to the uh, to oh, the children. And, <laughs> and speaking of inbox, right. y'all know Oz, your gay aunties at gmail.com. Uh, we definitely want some more letters because we love y'all letters. Mm -hmm. um, don't always love what y'all going through, but we are here to help for whatever yeah. you going through. <laughs> okay, <laughs> relationships, love, sex, career, or just yourself. 
trying right. to make it through. Um, we are here uh, for you. So again, you can holler at Thank us at all. thegayaunties at gmail.com. And with that being said, and you can chime in too, Angie. I am Hanifa Walida. I am Red Summer. I am your gay auntie, Angie Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> and we all three are your, your gay, gay auntie. auntie. <laughs> love, love. <laughs>